You are listening to Interform Podcast with Ro on the radio. You're going to want to hear this. Welcome to Interform Podcast. I'm Ro on the radio. This Interform Podcast episode is brought to you by Interform Make. So if you're interested in learning more about small batch manufacturing, go to interform.art slash make. And my guest here, for those of you who don't know, is B Apple. I feel like everybody knows who B <laughs> Apple is, but for those of you who don't know, B, introduce yourself. Hi, um, B Apple, longtime resident of Arkansas. I've lived here since 1993. I oh, moved, yeah, I'm an uh, original, but um, <laughs> I moved here from the Bronx when I was 13. Mm. Um, so, you can, as you can imagine, it was pretty traumatic um, for a 13 year old. But uh, fell in love over the course of many years and have done all kinds of things. Was originally an engineer and worked down in South Arkansas for a little while, and then. Moved back up to Northwest Arkansas. My family immigrated to Rogers. Um, well, they immigrated to the United States back in the 80s and then lived in Rogers um, for a little while and so lived with them. And then opened up Press Room in 2011, which was one of the first restaurants in downtown Bentonville. We opened up right before Crystal Bridges opened. So Amazing. that's how a lot of people know me is mm-hmm. I spent many years serving coffee to folks and getting to know the community. I was pretty withdrawn and kind of an introverted, like, you know, engineer type. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Press room is absolutely amazing. So I want to talk about your work with Bike POC. Mm -hmm. So you started it and I want to know what prompted you to start Bike POC. Yeah. So Bike POC was started by myself and my good friend, Kim C. Um, We started it in 2020 after the murder of George Floyd. It kind of grew out of number one, our deep love of being outdoors and moving our bodies. And also recognizing that as women of color, we have a role to play as role models, like representing the fact that you can be out there shredding on your mountain bike, even if you know, we don't look like what you don't normally think of. Um, but also we found that in 2020, the cycling ecosystem in Northwest Arkansas wasn't prepared to talk about all the systemic issues around, you know, BIPOC folks ability to navigate the world and exist. Mm. Um, and, Kim and I had been working on a volunteer basis, you know, behind the scenes in the active transportation biking community to be a positive force. And in those moments after George Floyd, we looked at each other and we were like, well, I guess we're the ones Mm -hmm. to talk about these issues. Because, you know, when we think about bikes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, too often in our minds, we you know, we're picturing a white guy in spandex. Absolutely. That is exactly what came (laughs) to my mind immediately. Um, And honestly, that hurts our advocacy in a lot of ways, because actually the majority of people who need to access bikes or and good trails and good infrastructure and sidewalks that get you from point A to point B are women, marginalized folks, like BIPOC folks, people in rural communities, it's always marginalized folks that need alternative methods of transportation Mm -hmm. the most because they're using it to get to school, to work. um, And oftentimes they have less access to a car and we can, you know, we know all of the systemic issues that go into it, but 
again, the, the ecosystem wasn't prepared to really talk explicitly about race and gender and all of the things that factor into why our built environment is the way it is. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that was kind of the origin story of it is just us providing a space to talk about the issues and help educate ourselves and the community on why it's important. So when you say active transportation, you are not just speaking about bikes. Talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that because you, you educated me. I was like, it's, it's bikes. You know, I, I thought it was just, is it biking right. or is it cycling? Because, you know, some people are not, um, are not, uh, educated i'm Mm -hmm. trying to say it in a nice way on you know the the levels that uh active transportation is yeah and you know it's and it's something that's like really what you see especially in arkansas it being the natural state and this amazing emphasis that we placed on recreational cycling that's all well and good and that 100 percent needs to happen um but what we're trying to shine light on is the fact that again the majority of people that need to get access to sidewalk, a trail, right. whatever. It's going to be mar- the marginalized communities um, that need those the most. And so we try and talk about active transportation and help people understand that it affects everybody. Right. Uh, the sad fact is, is that while our built environment and um, active transportation infrastructure is decided for all of these communities and for ourselves, unfortunately, we are not in the rooms where we're, where those decisions are being made. And so another aspect of our mission is like pounding the pavement in order to educate the community so we can build a larger grassroots base mm-hmm. to help just the average citizen understand, hey, where are these decisions being made about where bike lanes go? And then how do we know that when bike lanes come into our town, that doesn't mean that development is going to price me out of living there. That is big. That's, I think, a conversation that, you know, needs to be had, especially as Northwest Arkansas looks at its housing challenges, is that especially for communities of color, bike lanes don't always mean a good sign because usually they were done without the input of those communities. And it usually means that, uh uh-oh, something's coming. My rent's about to go up. Exactly. My building might get bought. Like, and you know, we can't afford to be naive about these things because as we've seen over and over, and as we illuminate the history around our built environment is this has been done to communities of color over and over again in our history. You look at Central Park, you look at the creation of I-630 in Little Rock, that destroyed the ninth Avenue and you look at Tulsa and you Mm. look at Pine Bluff, like there have been instances over and over again in our history where through under the guise of urban renewal and creating highways and transportation networks, communities of color have been destroyed. So in a sense, gentrification. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that the language is really important. So when you say active transportation, I feel a sense of, relief in a way when you said that because Mm -hmm. when I hear bikes or when I hear anything about biking when it comes to Bentonville or Rogers I think of thousand dollar bikes that the average person can't afford Mm -hmm. and I think of um, like a skill that not everyone has like Mm -hmm. it's different to ride a bike Mm -hmm. but 
to be a cyclist or to be in the biking community, I feel like it means you have to know a little bit more mm-hmm. and have more knowledge about biking. Mm-hmm. And so that seems a little bit more exclusive. But when right. you say active transportation, then I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah, maybe this is something that I can, you know, relate to. Right. Where did you, so what are some challenges that you um, ran into when you first started bike POC? You know, in terms of like Arkansas and where we're at and understanding our, the environment and the history behind why we have what we have. And if you also look at, you know, the recent changes or, and fear mongering around CRT, we are not at a place where the average Arkansan understands why things are the way that they are. Correct. Um, You know, even in 2020, when the Bentonville Confederate statue came down, a lot of people still don't understand that the statue is not, even though there was a plaque of Wendell Berry on it, that 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 isn't who he was. Correct. And he was just a generic Confederate soldier that was erected in the early 1900s as a campaign of terror to, like, keep you know, newly freed black people who are gaining autonomy and reconstruction. Yeah. Like know your place. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a reason why it sits across from the Benton County courthouse. And it's to say that these are the power structures and don't step out of line. And that's where you see black codes and Jim Crow and all that kind of stuff. And we don't understand that those things exist in a different form today. And they speak directly to, again, the ability of, us to be out taking up space in the street doing what we are have it's it is our right as citizens to be able to ride our bikes and to take up space and to exist in communities but because all these behaviors have been criminalized and you look at the social change and all these things these systems that have morphed over time we're trying to just educate and get people to understand, A, everybody uses active transportation. And everybody, that means everybody should have a voice in what that looks like. And um, and so, like, our biggest challenge, again, is breaking down misconceptions, um, helping people understand that what we have in place right now isn't an accident. Um, but then to help people understand a better way to get involved, you know, build networks across nonprofits, just like what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. You know, Interform has been an amazing supporter of what we've done in the past um, because we recognize that we're all kind of like plugged into this in different aspects. Right. Um, when y'all talk about manufacturing and the communities that you work with, the mm-hmm. Marshallese, the immig- refugees, like they are a population that is very dependent on active transportation and need good networks to get from point A to point B. And who often suffer from lack of good infrastructure. So Absolutely. Yeah. Talk about some of the people that you've been able to help and meet through Bike POC that maybe if Bike POC wasn't created, they would not have space or um, have a safe space. Because mm-hmm. there's a difference between yeah. having a space because someone can easily say, and someone who doesn't understand where women like you and I are coming mm-hmm. from, women mm-hmm. of color. Yep. Um, everyone's free to do whatever they want. You mm-hmm. could you could ride your bike. You can do whatever. America's a, f- a free country, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a difference between um, having a safe space and just mm-hmm. being able to do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, I don't... I'm always wary to say that 
you know, we are one of the many voices that in 2020 and before we're kind of working in this space, acting as representatives of our community. I think um, us all doing it together has led to some like really amazing things happening. And I look at, you know, groups like Arkansas Latinas in BC and you look at like what's happening in the Ideals Uplift cohort um, that we're taking part in with the U of A, we've been able to like connect with organizations like Sharon Killian's, like mm -hmm. the African-American historical society. And then, you know, connecting with other folks who are doing work around like um, inclusive media, like Arkansas soul. Like, I think I'm really excited about the bridges that we're building outside of the cycling ecosystem, because that's where I really see a lot of power and a lot of opportunity for us to build again, a base of support where we can help each other kind of achieve these goals that, you know, we recognize for our community. Um, there's, you know, a lot of people want to like talk down on Arkansas about like, you know, the culture, but I think what I'm really encouraged by and what I remember is that Arkansas has always been a hub and a center for deep, loving, revolutionary community. If you look at like the musicians that have come out of Arkansas, if you look at the Little Rock Nine and the history that came out of that, there's such a deep vein of power that exists in this state. And I just want to continue to work in that space in a and positive space of change of um loving our community of being disruptors mm -hmm. um not being afraid to speak truth to power and just being honest you know and and being honest and loving and opening our arms to our own community and working to generate solutions with our own community but like also leverage the amount of cross network support to lobby above Absolutely. And to lobby our state representatives and to lobby our business leaders. Like we can only do more if we're joined across these silos. So that's kind of the space that I'm really excited about and looking forward to. We, I know we need it more than ever. For sure. And also holding, um, you know, council members are, mm -hmm. are people accountable mm -hmm. because we, we do are, we are active citizens who pay taxes. And yeah. so we have to hold them accountable for, um, you know, some of the things that, that are important to us. What would you say to people who um, don't really know a whole lot about active transportation and what it means and um, how it connects with them? Because I feel like some people see uh, biking, cycling, mm -hmm. and they don't, they're like, okay, I don't, like, I don't wear, I don't ride a bike. So mm -hmm. that doesn't have anything mm -hmm. to do with me. It mm -hmm. doesn't affect me. Mm -hmm. So what would you like people to know about active transportation? Um, I would like everybody to know that they use it. Mm -hmm. Number um, one. <laughs> that they use it, whether <laughs> they realize it or not, that they use it. Um, oh gosh, there's so many places to start, mm -hmm. but where I would start is number one, well, let me give a plug. So Trailblazers, <laughs> on the, on Trailblazers YouTube, they just released our October Pass the Mic. Okay. So go to that YouTube and check out that talk. We actually, it's a conversation between, um, I'm moderating, but we have Rachel Maney, who's the head of Bike Law, which is a nonprofit organization that represents people who have been injured in cycling accidents. Mm but also people who have been ticketed for traffic violations. Um, and I think that's just a side note. That's very critical aspect of this, mm. you know, especially if you consider 
um, like Tyree Nichols and everything that's happening in Memphis, he was pulled over for a traffic violation. So it's like, again, we got to think about it's our ability to get from point A to point B and how important that is. Um, so we're talking with Rachel Maney. So she's um, head of bike law, Rasan Bahati, who's a pro cyclist, and then Wes Craiglow, who's the head of um, Urban Land Institute Northwest Arkansas chapter. And they really work in um, kind of the larger conversations around land development and the use and how that plug and we plug into that in terms of like infrastructure so that's a really great conversation to understand that there's so many different ways to get plugged into this ecosystem as an advocate. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a walker, a hiker, if your kids go to school and you want to advocate for better and safer networks so that they can get to school on bike or pedestrian, like that is, that's a way to get involved. So I think that's really it is just like understanding that that's what that word means. Mm -hmm. It really just boils down to like, can you get from point A to point B safely and in a timely manner um, and effectively? Um, and then uh like looking at that, how can I get involved and what are the organizations that are doing work in the area? Absolutely. Speaking of organizations, Trailblazers, mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about what Trailblazers does and what the work you do with Trailblazers? Yeah. So they're kind of like the daddy of like the, <laughs> <Pop up. laughs> the yeah, like the cycling ecosystem. They merged I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but they <laughs> they merged the trail building side and the advocacy side a couple years ago. And so they're working in partnership. But if you're looking at um, paved and trail infrastructure, so you're talking about the Razorback Greenway, you're talking about the Oz Network of Mountain Bike Trails, Trailblazers is built like a 90 90 plus percent of that wow. network and so they've been in operation for the combined organizations like 20 plus years. Oh, goodness. And if you think about the amount of city engagement, community engagement it took just to get that stuff built, you know, we're really trying to get poised for the next evolution of growth, which is going to be let's get the paved network. Let's get that active transportation network where it could really be like serve the residents of this community. Nice. Um, well, where do you see bike POC? Like, let's say it's 2027. Mm -hmm. Where do you see bike POC in 2027? Um, I really am focused on building out kind of a beehive. A beehive? I, I see what you did there. I know. Um, <laughs> you know, there's so many, there's such a chasm, especially for the marginalized community-led nonprofits that are existing in this ecosystem mm -hmm. that I really see us kind of acting as a connector to help be able to build bridges between investment funders, business ideas into kind of like this nonprofit ecosystem. So I'm just looking at it through my lens as an entrepreneur in this community, mm -hmm. as a mom, as someone who's like connected across multiple community organizations. I'm just trying to see envision different physical spaces, community spaces, events, like what are those things that we need to co-create as all these different communities to help like build those networks um, and like community engagement. If we think about like what residents of Northwest Arkansas are going to need as we kind of enter into these challenges around, you know, climate change and, you know, increasing wealth inequality and the need to support like 
schools and, you know, all of the things that are, that Arkansas needs as a state, so much of that is going to happen at a grassroots level and what kind of things can be done at a larger level to help nurture a healthy environment for nonprofits and community organizations to exist. So we're asking a lot of those questions and looking at what are those solutions. And it's usually a combination of entrepreneurship, education, community engagement, so kind of all over. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see that, see that happening. So if people want to um, get involved, whether that means, you know, volunteer work mm-hmm. or, or donorship, where, what information do they need to get more involved? Yeah. So I would check out the Trailblazers YouTube, check out that pass the mic first. That's a really good look into kind of like the overall issues that we're tackling. Find us on Instagram at bike.poc. We're kind of all over the place. We're getting ready to spin out into our own independent nonprofit this summer. So we're going to be, and we really want to be in that space again of like engaging with our communities. It's kind of like this for us by us mentality Mm -hmm. of like, as communities of color, as women, as like people who occupy all these intersections of space, like especially in a climate that is becoming even more dangerous for us. For us, for sure. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, what can we do to build networks with each other, to help build more community, to help like educate other people outside of us on, you know, the truth. Right. And continue to like foster safe space and inclusivity for people younger than us. Absolutely. All right. Well, that was Interform Podcast. I'm rolling the radio. Make sure you uh, check us out at interform.art. You can follow me at RO underscore on underscore the radio. I had to get a new account. That's a long story. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. Be Apple. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see y'all next time. Thank you, Ro. <laughs> you are listening to Interform Podcast with Ro on the radio. You're going to want to hear this.